You can get in your fancy yells, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another recap of Kylie's Around the World SBG Tour. And I only have one word to describe how I'm feeling at the moment, and that is absolutely and utterly exhausted. Well, actually, that, that's more than one word, which kind of proves how tired I am, but I forgot what I said literally three seconds ago. Uh, I am no longer in the United States. Yes, that's right. I have moved on, and I am now in New Zealand. That's right. We have finally crossed the date line, come back into my neck of the woods, and oh, it was a hell of a ride to get down here. It was 30 hours of sheer chaos and bedlam, delays at Dulles Airport, sitting next to Karens on the plane, that complaining that I'm too big and then asking stewardesses to have me moved kind of deal like it was it was a whole thing uh lax was just an absolute uh like i i am shocked that a that an airport was that busy at that time of night uh but yeah i mean once i got on the plane uh the flight down from la to auckland was like pretty chill there's actually no it wasn't pretty chill it was really chill i pretty much slept the entire way uh slight hiccup though I nearly died on the uh, on the plane ride over. Uh, so, so you see, I'm allergic to peanuts, and turns out that one of the uh, like little sponge cake dessert thingies that you give you, they give you in your little uh, little airplane food tray, uh, it had walnuts in it. And um, I mean, stupid me for not asking if it did have, in fact, walnuts on it. But uh, yeah, let, let's just say I got one bite in and went. It doesn't taste right here. And then, uh, yeah, luckily I spat it back out and rinsed my mouth out because my mouth was, like, all red and swollen. I was having difficulty breathing. You know, the whole thing, they had, like, an emergency, like, plan if I accidentally went into anaphylactic shock. Like, it was a, it was just, yeah, the whole thing. But fortunately, I was fine. It was, it was a bit of a rough hour, but uh, once, once I kind of got through the worst of it and, you know, took some Ventolin and stuff and... Uh, I was all good. I was all good. So, so no weird, crazy ending to a podcast that that probably it would be very anticlimactic to this whole thing. But anyway, yes, I got into New Zealand. Uh, I got got out of customs. I uh, took a quick hop from Auckland down to Christchurch, which was the most amazing plane ride I have ever been on. I had exit row on this plane too, which was absolutely delightful, and I got the window seat. So I had this gorgeous view of the entire uh, flight over, and yeah, just the scenery was absolutely jaw dropping. I actually didn't sleep on that leg over. I just, I just stared out the window the whole hour and ten minutes, just admiring the scenery because it was unbelievable. But anyway, enough of that. You guys want to hear some like battle report recappy type things? And I do have a couple of for you because before I left the US, I did manage to get into some games. So after Nova, you know, after helping, you know, Devin pack down the terrain and then lugging it back to his little uh, storage shed that he's got set up, which was a cute little idea that he's got too, uh, I went and hung out with Connor uh, down at Curio Tavern. Uh, in fact, you can uh, find my little uh, 
my drawing on their wall of uh, Theoden fighting the Witch King uh, on the on the Palinor. Cute little drawing I, I, I drew up on the wall. So, uh, you know, have a look out for that if you're ever down at Curio Cavern, Cavern in DC. And, uh, yeah, we had a, a 650-point game. And I, I gave Connor the, uh, the uh, how would you say, uh, the ultimate, not the ulti- ultimatum, the onus of choice. That's what I'm going to go. I gave him the onus. So I, I let him pick what army I was going to play uh, and the scenario and the points level. So he picked 650 points, uh, running back his uh, list for Nova. And he opted to play my Assault of Florian. I went with a, a slightly softer version of it. Uh, a bit more beasts and wags and spiders, oh my. Less of the shenanigan-y uh, prowlers. So instead of the 11 prowlers with throwing weapons, I only had 8. Uh, I know, big drop down in numbers there. But, you know, w- whatever. So, Muzgar versus Elendil. Uh, Elendil had a restaurant and a captain backing him up. Uh, Muzgar had Ashrak and Druzad backing him up. And, uh, yeah, we had it. We had a go at Contest of Champions. And uh, my first turns... Not great, not great. Uh, they were actually not not just not great, but hot garbage. Let's put it that way. Uh, Musgar was in this really awkward position at the end of the first turn. The captain hurt combated into him. But fortunately for me, Musgar won his combat. Was so was able to kind of like snake his way through, not getting absolutely uh, smacked by. Uh, a Lendl on his horse. Uh, I, I was got a little frustrated with the duck. A little frustrated because you know it, it's frustrating when you like you get your tracker into to the big scary hero and then you just line up five prowlers behind him, all ready to throw their throwing weapons. Some of which are flat footed, and then you hit with like two or three of them, and then you just fail to wound your own tracker. So I was I was a little I was a little salty about that. You know, not being able to kill my own guy. But I I had a plan. See. My plan was to bring Musgar all the way around the left flank, because in the middle of the tail, there was like this tiny little mini wood. And my plan was to get on the other side of that wood, get onto that far left, and then refuse flank on the right. And Connor, Connor kind of felt for that for, for that bait just a little bit. And he, well, after he hero combat with the lender, we got snuck him into some, some nasty combats. He went for a... Uh, went, went to try and, like, get some of his power characters into... Musgar, but he got himself a little bit separated, and at that point, I was able to get the Wag Chieftain uh, with some nasty heroic combats of my own, and basically use the Wag Chieftain as like a roadblock between the rest of um, Connor's army and his elves and the remainder of his Numenorians and Lendor, and basically use him as as the screening point. Meanwhile, Drizag and Ashrak were able to you know enrage spiders, turn them invisible, run in. Um, Unfortunately, my big Hail Mary turn, where I, like, enraged and channeled, uh, turned a spider invisible into a Lendl, flopped, Lendl won the combat, because I didn't roll six and just, you know, one-shot my spiders and stuff. But I had a Lendl kind of pinned and trapped in this, like, on the left side of this, uh, little engagement. And I was using my, my, uh, my chieftain and my, my, um, handful of orcs and my spiders to, like, create this wall between all these elves and all these other big threats and stuff that want to get into Peel for Elendil. And slowly I was able to, like, just whittle down Elendil's, uh, Peel, uh, like, Peel support and all that. Basically get it so that Elendil is just fighting, like, Mosgar and friends. And, like, even though my spells were just bouncing off, and I think I like, maybe pull, like, a might point off at some point, I was able to get in a position where, eventually, 
all of the other heroes by the captain were dead. All the other models except for the captain were dead. And it was just a Lendl just kind of sitting there by himself. And when I have a bat swarm and all these other nasty things, even though I was down on kill count, I still had really good presence and pressure to really go hard into a Lendl. So I went all in, used a bunch of my resources and stuff. Uh, Muzgar had to throw up a defense uh, the turn earlier to stop a Lendl from chopping his head off. But I threw up, put all my resources in, and then eventually won the combat against Elendil and basically one shot him. I did take a couple of turns because Elendil has a heroic defense and was able to like block off and, and, and buy a turn there. But on the second round uh, in, Arresto just couldn't cut through enough models. And I think this was the one uh, kind of little bit of misplay that Connor did was he put uh, Arresto too far off to the right flank and not close enough to Elendil. So because in Concerts of Champions, you want to keep your heroes and all your big scary assets as close to your uh, your killing leader hero guy as possible. Because you need to make sure that you're there. They're able to call heroic combats and kill. Because you're much better off. You're much better off. You know, getting yourself into a position where you know you might sacrifice a captain or something like that, but keep your hero alive for another turn. Because your hero is everything. Your hero is the only way you can really score points in the scenario. So. I made sure to keep pushing pressure, putting pressure, putting pressure on this hero in this particular spot. And it worked. I, I managed to get in. Although I was down in kill camp, I had now all the time in the world, all the bat swarms and stuff, to be able to set up and isolate uh, combats in such a way for Musgar to be able to, you know, get those one, two extra kills he needed, even up the skill uh, kill count tally, and then eventually take away the win in uh, Contest of Champions. So, yeah, Musgar. Assault and Lothlorien. Turns out, pretty good at Contest of Champions, as it seems. Uh, they are no slouches, even against heroic combating behemoths. They can still do okay because of the wargs, bats, and spiders. Oh my. But yeah, uh, it, was, it was a really fun game. Uh, we, we had a good long chat. And by a good long chat afterwards, I'm talking like in excess of like four hours. Just talking shop, talking strategy, talking about the game. Uh, and just swapping stories and stuff and, you know, maybe doing a little bit of coaching here and there. And, yeah, uh, I feel like uh, Connor's picked up a few things. Uh, I was able to help, you know, kind of like refine some more of my strategies. So, Connor, if you're listening, I, I hope you went a lot out of that little, like, uh, you know, Rocky Balboa training session that we had at the end there. And, uh, yeah, I hope that was uh, a lot of fun because uh, I, I definitely enjoyed my time down there. Uh, at Kira Kevin. Sad that they didn't have any Volcana starter decks. Apparently all the scalpers are beginning around getting those. One of my friends back home asked me to pick her up some uh, Volcana decks and uh, I still can't find any. I went to like four game stores whilst I was in BC and like a couple of targets. No one had them. It was like the weirdest, like, well, maybe not the weirdest thing, but it was like, it was so frustrating. And anyway, anyway, I digress. Anyway, so I went back to my hotel. I was staying at a hotel across the road at, at the Hilton, uh, just, uh, you know, for a couple of days, you know, scoping out the area. I, I got, like, a, I met a random woman at the bar. We got into a discussion about how dangerous Australian wildlife really is. I mean, it is dangerous, but it's not like, it's only dangerous if you decide to mess with it. I'm like, unless you... Unless you're going up to, you know, a snake and poking it with a stick, it's not going to hurt you. And then she, like, turns around and goes, I'm that kind of person that's going to pick up a stick and poke the snake. I'm like, well, then you deserve to get bit. Anyway, she laughed at that, bought me a drink, and bought me a burger, which was weird. Like, we went out and got beast burgers. 
Like she just Ubered some beast burgers to the hotel. It was like so strange. Anyway, that it's, it's, some weird interactions happened whilst I was over in the US. That was um yeah, kind of kind of really interesting. Anyway, so after that, the next day, this this day was really fun. So our uh uh I think it's AG and Angie? AG? AG. AG and Bruno. Bruno de Armano and AG Gossman. Uh, sorry, not Gossman. Grossman. Uh, asked if I wanted to come hang out uh, the next day. Um, on the Tuesday before I, uh, you know, re-met up with Devon on uh, and uh, kind of found my way back, uh, back, back, uh, back towards my neck of the woods in New Zealand. And I was like, Hell yeah, let's uh let's set up a game, let's get into it. And uh yeah, I had a game against Bruno, another six fifty point game. Uh once again I, I gave Bruno the option of like, hey man, like you just pick your uh pick what scenario you wanna play, pick what army you wanna play against, and I'll pull it out. And he was like, I wanna play your masters, I wanna play your assault of Lauren. I'm like, Okay, sure, pulled out the assault of Loth Lauren, the, the full crazy, stupid version that I ran at the Masters, popped it on the table, and I went, all right, let's go. What scenario are we going to play? And he goes, well, let's go Lords of Battle. And I'm like, okay, that's an interesting choice. You're running the Gothmog's Legendary Legion, all right? So he deploys right up on the center line. I'm like, I could have gone all the way to the back, but I really wanted some of the terrain features to kind of like help set up my uh, engagement. So... I didn't set all the way out the back. I set set it up so that I would get at least two turns worth of shooting, um, like real proper shooting before. Uh, no, it wasn't even two. It was just the one because of the drum. Yeah, drums are really good. Don't let anyone ever tell you that they're not because being able to just throw an entire orc around an orc front line, twelve inches forward, was really good. But uh, yeah, he basically charged on turn two. I sat on basically exactly like 15 inches, like sorry, 18 inches. I could have gone a little bit further back, but I didn't want to like give up this really good choke point between two two of these uh, big uh, uh, Dolgador ruins that we had. So yeah, I set up set up in this choke uh, and a little little bit further back, set it up. So basically, I had this kill box in this uh in this crossroads in the middle of this street. And yeah, Bruno runs forward with everything. Uh, I unleash, uh, you know, all my archery, everything I've got into the entirety of the orc line, and kill a grand total of Gothmog's Wark. That's it. Nothing else. Just just Gothmog's Wark, which was a little bit lackluster. But hey, we got Gothmog's Wark, which. Considering his composition and what he had to kind of like threaten me and stuff was actually probably pretty important to get that kill. So Bruno then uh, wins the uh, roll in his turn, and I'm like, I don't need my throwing weapons that much. I've got a really good defensive position here, so I let him go in, let him charge, and then uh, committed my beasts into big uh, enveloping engagements. Committed the captain on the far right flank and just started to really pick apart his army. Bruno opted for the Channeled Fury in this game to try and get the saves. Not that it helped him at any point. I think he maybe passed one or two Fury saves. I think, no, it was just the one. It was just the one Fury save. And, yeah, just went in. Uh, kept focusing with my spiders and stuff to go, like, Enraged Beast, Kill 2, Enraged Beast, Kill 2. And really put the pressure on these Orcs and put them in a really awkward position. Bruno tried a Heroic Combat with Furious, but I think this particular Heroic Combat on the first turn was a, was a bit, first turn of combat was a bit, a bit ambitious because what it did was it pulled Gurits a little bit too far forward, which meant it was very easy for me in the following up turns to get like bats and, and 
prowlers and multiple models into the combat and get my army bonus working get that that extra plus one to wound and that plus one to wound uh being outnumbering my people in combat was absolutely big and like halfway through the game i'm like hey bruno see that casualty pile you got over there he's like yeah like 15 dead and i'm like yeah you need to keep yourself tighter you need to keep your ball you know really close together don't be so concerned about having to pin my models every turn you killed pretty much most of my prowlers. What you need to be doing is really getting in and really, you know, getting shoulder to shoulder with, with the other orcs. Stop me from getting all these A traps and B, uh, these these uh, procs on this plus one to win. He's like, is it really that important? I'm like, yes, it is hugely important. you got to stay balled up. You can't, you can't even, you can't leave half a, half a centimeter, half an inch you know, between each model, because that's what's going to allow me to get, you know, a Prowler and a Friend and a Spear Support, so now I'm in, you know, three, four-on-ones against your two-on-ones, and that's not going to do do you any good. So, I kept pushing forward, kept pushing forward, and I kept trying to get in, but Bruno was taking what I had to heart, he kept balling up his army, kept getting in this nice little, like, like tight formation, Gothmog got right up next to a wall and was basically forced Mudgar to get the hell out of Dodge and like climb up the side of himself, kill his ruin, and run away. But this is where the tide started to turn. You know, suddenly Gorov's in a really good, uh, strong position now. I can't really get into him. I can throw like a spider in or whatever, but he just like can strike up and just smack me back. Or um, I can't, I can only get like one or two combats each turn where I'm actually getting the plus one to wound bonus and eventually. His slightly higher fight value was starting to manifest, and he was starting to get the kills back. And you know, a couple of cheeky kills on a bat here, a couple of uh, kind of cheeky wounds going through on a spider here and there, and you know, killing prowlers every so often. And it was creating an advantage, very but surely evening up the kill count. And then as we're going, I'm like, oh, geez, this is getting it's getting a bit rough. And then on the very first roll to see if the game ends, the game ended now i'm broken as well at this point i was i was shocked that i got broken at this point as well because like these orcs like my army should not have got broken but hey he had like this one amazing round of combat killed like six six seven models and it was just yeah i was just like okay all right let's that's fine game ended i'm like all right uh well i guess this tallied up and it, it took us a couple of times because every time we finished the tally one of us would be like one kill point ahead and then we were like oh wait gothmog's log recount it okay it's a tie again and then i'll be like i forgot the uh i forgot the uh the, the wounds on the on the um the spiders on the table the wounds that i have currently on the table all right recount it guess you're a one vp ahead i'm like oh wait your fury saves and there's there's uh the multiple wounds for all your heroes all right recount it at the end of the day this was this was wild 34 wounds to 34 wounds inflicted. Tie. Tie. Tie in Lords of Battle? What? This never happens. So yeah, we, we got a tie. It was like absolutely wild. And I like hats off to Bruno to like absolutely changing his entire paradigm to make sure that he could uh keep this entire like tightly, you know, uh tight formation going. And we, we had a good chat after the game as well, you know, did a bit of uh, you know, grab some models and stuff and kind of like showed how that that little kind of interaction stuff manifests and how you can set up your formations for better success and uh, yeah bruno took everything that he uh learned in this game and absolutely slapped me in the face with it so really well done bruno i uh, absolutely enjoyed this game thoroughly uh pulling a draw 
out of that game was uh was yeah it was really really impressive and yeah I, I look forward to having another game with you at some point in, in the future so if you're ever down in Oz let me know because uh yeah this was an absolute smashing game and yeah afterwards we uh we went out to this uh cute little cafe um in DC um had a absolutely amazing like BLT sandwich probably the best BLT sandwich I've ever had I'm sad I didn't take a picture of it like Instagramming my my food and stuff but yeah it was was absolutely amazing we we had a chat um uh in the cafe and stuff I had a bit of a panic attack once I realized I couldn't find my phone and then realized I left it in my bag which was in the car you know all sorts of little you know fun Kylieisms of of nonsense that I get up to uh during the day so yeah all in all that was it was just an absolute blast uh it was absolutely great uh having two local uh Americans showing me around uh parts of uh DC and Virginia and yeah it was it was absolutely a lot, a lot of fun so Bruno I think I think I have timed this correctly that I can say happy birthday uh, uh Bruno did mention to me that his birthday was going to be on Saturday so I said I will try and get this out uh, Saturday for you, so there you go, Bruno. Big shout out, big happy birthday to you. So thanks again for the the amazing game, and uh, yeah, hope we can get another one. So oh, and uh, big shout out to Victory Comics as well. That's where we had our game. Uh, I can't believe I nearly forgot about that, but uh, yeah, big shout out to them. Uh, it was a great little playing space. They have a cool little uh, uh, rings community down there, uh, and battle companies that they were doing too. So I had a good chat with the store owner about the Battle Companies campaign and stuff too. So if you're ever in the area, make sure you go check them out there because they have a really good play space. So, yeah, there's only a couple of days left to catch up uh, to where I am at now, uh, being landed in New Zealand. So Wednesday, I once again met up with Devin, but only after I decided to check out the Spy Museum in DC. That was a lot of fun. I also went and, of course, did the standard touristy things of like walking past the White House and having a look and going, Yep, that's definitely a white house. Yep, that's definitely a giant white monument sitting in the middle of a giant field. Yep, that's definitely a guy on a chair. Yeah, so yeah, I, I did the, the, the obvious DC thing and add all the monuments. It was actually really quite interesting, you know, seeing the cultural and historical significance for Americans and how much it meant to a lot of the natives about why these monuments existed and I, I picked up a lot even just from some random guy who was at the Lincoln Memorial just talking about Lincoln and just expressing his opinion on Lincoln it was really interesting just to kind of like be a bit of a fly on the wall and just kind of like sit there and listen to this guy just go on about you know what why Lincoln was such a great president you know making all the hard calls and stuff so it was it was really interesting. I I had a fun. It wasn't so much fun, but like walking through thirty degree heat. I wish it was a bit cooler. I had chosen um uh, winter to come up instead of summer, but you know them's the breaks. Uh, I also checked the Smithsonian's Natural History Museum. That was pretty cool. I really enjoyed that. Checking out like the woolly mammoths and, and the dinosaurs and stuff was always cool. I mean, who doesn't like you know some prehistoric. Uh, uh, remnants and, 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 and a good dinosaur skeleton. So yeah, I had a lot of fun, uh, there. I eventually went and, uh, re-caught up with Devin and stuff and we had a bit of a chill and we were thinking about going out and like doing drinks and playing some more games, but we were just like, we were just both knackered. So we, we just kind of like 
uh, watched the D&D movie and, like, passed out. And then, yeah, next day I was uh, at Dulles Airport uh, cursing the thunderstorm that had rolled in, of course, the day I decided to leave and just cause massive delays at Dulles Airport. So I think I was, like, stuck there for, like, three hours on the tarmac. It was It was awful, absolutely awful. But, uh, yeah, I um, eventually, you know, got to head down uh, head down to New Zealand. I lost a day over the dateline, so that's why I'm only talking about four days, not four. And here we are, parked at a kind of a, a national park, I guess you could, which is part of the reason why you can maybe hear some, some cars drive past here and there. But I've got this spectacular view of this, like, little lake and stuff. And I really should check out what the name of the the park is but I'm kind of like not able to do so because I'm kind of like doing this whole episode thing so anyway I'm gonna leave you all there because uh I am pretty tired very exhausted and kind of want to uh do a bit more exploring before I head to my Airbnb but uh yeah you get to uh, look I guess look forward to the rest of the shenanigans coming up but I, I will give you a hint about what's going to be Next up, it involves a certain YouTuber of the Orpa Orp variety that is now living down here in uh, New Zealand. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, without further ado, Traps Me Games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.